You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. 1 Peter 5, verse number 5. Y'all ain't got that laugh out. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, young, yes, in age, but Peter's also making a reference to those who are young as being immature Christians or immature believers. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Elders, in one sense, represent older people. In another sense, Peter is referring to church leadership, mature saints of God. So he said, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time let's read again likewise you younger people submit yourselves to your elders and without question it's a blessing to have elders it's a blessing to have elders a blessing to have mature folk in your life seasoned saints am i right about it that's a blessing Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. Why do we need to be clothed with humility? For God resists the proud. He fights against the proud person. But he gives grace to the humble. And since God resists the proud, we don't dare want to be proud. And if he's willing to give grace to the humble... Then he said, therefore, humble yourselves. Notice how under the mighty hand of God, God's hand represents God's authority. We need to humble ourselves under God's divine authority. Why? It comes with a blessing that he may exalt you. Listen, in due time or in the right season. Based upon all of that, our message this morning is simple. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor the message this morning. Humble yourself. Look at somebody and tell him, humble yourself. And look at one more person and tell him, work on yourself. And let's give God a praise for the subject this morning. Humble yourself. The book of First Peter is written by the apostle Peter. Of course, we know that Peter was, at the time, 
of this epistle to the pilgrims in the dispersion or to the saints who have been scattered at the time of this particular writing, Peter is a mature or he is a very seasoned apostle. The name Peter itself means rock. And the word rock has to do with that which is a foundation or something that is foundational. And so when we look at the life of the apostle Peter, first in the life of Jesus being set aside as a disciple, having been ordained to be an apostle, we see growth in the apostle Peter's life. I said we see growth in his life. We have to understand even when it comes to a man such as Peter, when he wrote first Peter, he, he was not always in the place that he was when he wrote this epistle. And, 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 and so when we look at Peter, again, as we're going to see today, that we can see the growth in the life of Peter. We can see the maturity in the life of Peter. Now, likewise, that doesn't need to just stop with Peter. We, we need to see growth in our own lives. We need to see growth in our Christian walk. Come on, somebody. We, we don't just come to church just to be coming. But, but if I'm truly sitting up under the word, the way that I need to be, and I'm not just hearing only, but I'm hearing and receiving or I'm hearing and applying, then I should be able to look at my life and see growth. I said I should be able to see growth in my life. I said I should be able to see growth, maturity in my life. Break it down, Pastor. I should be able to look back over time and say to myself that trouble don't do me, uh-oh, like it used to do me. Come on, that's maturity. I said trouble don't affect me from a negative standpoint the way it used to affect me. But what has happened? I've grown in God. Come on. And, and that's some of our testimony. Things don't bother us the way they used to bother us when we was immature. Come on. When some of us were immature, a person can just look at us wrong and it'll bother us for a week. We can just think that somebody roll their eyes or somebody don't like us and it'll bother us for a long time. But now we are quick to understand in being mature that everybody's not going to like me. Everybody's not going to appreciate me. No matter how much you go out of your way for folk, everybody not going to love on you. Oh, y'all all. To be. See, that's, that's part of maturity. You have to learn that no matter what you do, there are people who are going to have a problem with you, even if they themselves, you better watch this, cannot identify the problem. Come on, they'll just say stupid stuff. It's something about him. Come on, you ought to be mature enough to know that if God ain't revealed nothing, let that go. Come on, let that go. It could be on your end. Am I teaching right? But when you immature, some of everything bothers you. You'll worry about things that really shouldn't even be on your mind. But you just immature. How many of you ever worried about something that you never had to deal with? Never had to deal with it. Worried about it for weeks and then all of a sudden it, it took care of itself, so to speak. But you spend all that time worrying. 
But as you get mature, you're able to handle things better. Are y'all, are y'all receiving? You're able to handle things better. Some of us. We're able to handle things better. And so when you look at Peter again, he, he was going to be foundational in the sense of Peter was considered to be the apostle to the Jews while Paul was considered the apostles to the Gentiles. And through Paul and Peter and the rest of the apostle, they were foundational when it came to establishing the New Testament church. But he had to grow. See, I'm trying to let some of you know that God is going to do great things in your life, but God has to mature you before you can do certain things. Oh, I, oh, my amen dropped in. I said, he has to mature you. I know some of us, we want it overnight. We want it right now. I'm talking instant grits. I'm talking microwave popcorn. We want it right now. But there's something God will have prepared. But he'll know you're not ready for it now. You got to grow some. How many out there you can thank God that, that you're blessed right now and, and you got maturity with your blessing. You got, you got wisdom with your money. You got wisdom with your resources. All that came through growth, but you wouldn't have wanted it when you was immature. Wouldn't have used it right. Am I right? And so something God, yeah, he going to bring you into it, but you're going to have to grow. He's going to have to work on you. Am I right about that? Now, when we look at the word humble, I only want to give us two definitions for the word humble. Number one, when a person is humble, they are unselfish. They're unselfish. It's not all about them. They're not self-centered. Woo, y'all don't know if y'all have met somebody. They act like the whole world. Did y'all finish it for us? They act like the whole world just evolves around around them. Y'all, y'all have had to deal with somebody like that? Very selfish. But see, again, when you are unselfish, that speaks of you being clothed with, with humility. You're free from arrogance. Uh-oh. See, because no matter how much God blesses a person, whether it be with money, resources, or wisdom, we should never get to the point to where, to where we're arrogant. And all God do for you, stay humble. Stay humble. Come on, somebody. I said stay humble. The, the more God uses you, stay humble. Now, that, that seems easy, don't it? I say that seem easy, don't it? But if you ain't careful, God will use you and you'll get beside yourself. Come on. He'll use you to tell somebody something. And what you told them came to pass. Now you're calling yourself a prophetess. Come on. You got beside. Now, now, now you're telling, you got one right. <laughs> In the last eight, you done got completely wrong. You just guessing. Come on, you just guessing. See, you ain't, you ain't staying humble. And it happened in the church. Person do a prayer, and the, the prayer just, the Lord uses them mightily in prayer. It'll just take somebody coming up to them just saying, oh, when you prayed today. I ain't never 
in all the years I've been in church, heard nobody pray the way you pray. God taking you higher. And then they walk off. Now, if you ain't in the place you need to be in, what were they talking about? Taking me higher, how? And the next thing you know, you're beside yourself. It's quiet in the house. Number two, and this is our primary definition, to be humble is to be submissive to authority. When you are humble, you are submissive to authority. The main thing we're talking about is divine authority. Divine authority. Because one thing I've learned is is that if a person can be submissive to divine authority, they won't have problems with any other authority. Come on. Whether that be in the church or whether that be on your job or in your home. If you learn how to submit yourself to divine authority or to God, you won't struggle with authority that comes from anywhere else. Whether it be directly, come on, I'm teaching right, or indirectly, you can submit. You can submit. Am I right? But when you talk about being humble it just makes you wonder when you consider scriptures like Romans 12 and 3 where the Bible warns us not to think more highly of ourselves than we than we ought to or that we that we should makes me just want to ask the question this morning that have you ever thought more highly of yourself than you needed to how many of you have been guilty? My hand is up. How many of you have been guilty? You, you, you thought more highly. I'm looking around the church. I want y'all to look around the church too if folk that got the hand up. Because some of them ain't got the hand up. They're doing it right now. They're thinking more highly of themselves than they ought to. How, how many of you ever get the hand up high? I really want to see. How many of you ever thought more of yourself than you should? I see some of y'all ain't never. I got to work on you. Be seated. I mean, be put your hand down. <laughs> Mm, mm. Something going on with my folk didn't raise their hand. And see, this is often when we get like this, not only can some folk not identify it, but it's really something that's challenging to admit. Come on. I say that's, that's challenging to admit to somebody. This is the reason why when we greet each other most of the time and a person asks you, hey, how you doing? You rarely get a response. Oh, I got the big head. <laughs> They're not going to come in like that. Come on. How things been going, man? I done got too big for my britches. Ain't nobody coming at you like that. Even if they know there are clear signs to indicate 
You need to humble yourself. We don't, we don't, we, that, that, that can be a challenging thing to talk about. Am I right? It ain't really a shouting message either. Can y'all discern that? But see, one spirit that's prevalent, by spirit I mean attitude, in today's time, is people being selfish and folk resisting divine authority. I say it's prevalent in our day and time. Where you not only see young people, now I'm talking age, who have not been taught or not be or not doing what they have been taught when it comes to something as simple as respect your elders. How many remember back in the day, young people were taught that if a person was older than you, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going down now. They didn't have to be mama or daddy. You gave them a yes, sir, and a no, ma'am. And it showed them somebody been teaching that child, and that child been listening. Because they know how to respect the elders. But look at it today. Man, you have to be careful when you see young people somewhere and you think you just going to go up to them and just. I don't forgot where it was, but them young folk killed a man. 75 years old, they beat him down in a city. At around 2.30 or 3 a.m. in the morning. I think the youngest child was 10, I think, that was involved. And it just makes you ask yourself, what did he do to him? You know what he did? He asked them for their age why they was out so late. You remember how back in the day when you just saw somebody's child and you knew the mama, you, you get them. Folk rarely do that nowadays. They be like, I know who that child ain't. <laughs> but not just them. When we look at church leadership, whoo, quiet in the house. When we look at the pastor, ministers of the gospel, what first used to be called reverends because folk revered them or they deserve respect. But nowadays, folk won't even give respect to pastors. I ain't talking about something. I'm talking about folk who belong to the church. Y'all are quiet this morning. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Let's go to 2 Timothy. We're just going to work with it a little bit. We're just going to work with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. 2 Timothy 3. Because I ain't never thought more of myself than I should. Ooh. Mm -mm -mm. So ain't nobody never accused you of thinking you know it all. Because when a person accuses you of knowing everything, that, that's what they're saying to you. You need to humble. You think you always right. Now, that's one thing when the person just saying that you know they lying. But you know there's some truth to that. You have to, you have to look at yourself. And I can't tell you how many times I've been told that. 
I'm just being honest with the mic. And I used to just blow it off. But then God said, you need to listen to that. You need to see if there's some truth in that. I wish y'all could see how folk looking at me over here. Second mm. Timothy 3. Let's pick it up in verse 1. Notice what the Bible says. But know this. Know this. Have this knowledge. That in the last day perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Selfish. Lovers of money. Bolsters. Proud. Blasphemers. Notice that we're talking about in the last days. Perilous times will come. They describing some things that's going to be in the last day. Disobedient to parents. You're going to see that in the last day. Peter said people are going to be disobedient to parents. Listen, this is just not natural parents. But again, he's dealing with divine authority. Folks are going to be disobedient to parents, to divine authority. Authority. Folks are going to be told to do one thing through divine authority, but they're going to pay it no mind and do what they want to do. That's disobedient. I said, that's disobedient. People nowadays, they join churches and they're not even submissive to the leadership. Name on the roll, but they doing what they want to do. That's disobedience. God don't put us under divine authority just to be doing so. You should obey divine authority. Oh, Lord. But see, what I found out is that you have folk inside of the church who struggle with authority. Now listen, because this might cut rough doing what they're told to do. I said doing what they're told to do. In one sense, authority has to tell people what to do. Woo! Ain't nobody tell No. Part of the pastor job is to tell folk what to do. Part of leadership in the church, part of their job is to tell people what to do to do but people are not going to be submissive to me if I'm not submissive to God leaders folk not going to be submissive to you if you're not submissive to your pastor come on it's quiet in the house but this is the day and time in which we live where people are disobedient to divine authority that which God has set over them, listen, for their own protection. Divine authority is not given so nobody run your life. Divine authority, in one sense, protect us from ourselves. Oh, Lord, I said protect you from yourself. Amen? Let's go further, y'all. Are y'all listening? Un- disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors. This is what I want you to see right here. Headstrong. 
headstrong. And I've heard people here say about themselves, well, I'm, 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 I'm real headstrong. Now, in one sense, you could be saying, Pastor, I'm a very determined person. And ain't nothing wrong with that. But notice, he uses it in a negative sense. People are going to be headstrong, which, which the meaning is self-willed. Are y'all listening? People are going to be headstrong. They're going to be driven by self. And that ain't how we need to be. Because when you're driven by self and you're headstrong, disobedient to divine authority, I guarantee you that you are messing up your life because you won't submit yourself to authority. You won't listen. And I see it in the church. Well, all, all somebody has to do is just submit themselves. Just humble yourself and listen. Humble yourself and just do what you're being told and you're going to see your life change for the better. But they too headstrong. You are ruining your own house. Listen. Listen. I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell parents, and of course they did not like it. That you're trying to protect your children from everybody else when they really need protecting from you. You damaging them more than anybody. Come on. But you're too headstrong to listen. Even when folks are telling you something to benefit you, you fight authority. You resist, and some of us, as long as you can remember, you've been resisting authority, not liking when folks try to tell you what to do. Ain't nobody running my life. Well, you, somebody need to get in your business. Come on. I said, somebody need to get in your business. And it takes a strong preacher to preach like this, to teach like this. Now, remember what I said earlier? This is the type of stuff a lot of times we don't like to talk about. We don't like to really deal with this type of stuff. It makes folks uncomfortable. Because the whole message is designed to make us look at ourselves. Sometimes a person, by the unction of God, has to let people know when it's a season to move and when it's a season to be still. But see, but see, if you resist authority, you're going to be moving when you need to be sitting. You're going to be talking when you need to be listening. Come on. You're going to be preaching when somebody needs to preach to you. Now remember the author is Peter. Right? Remember I talked about how Peter had to grow? Do y'all remember how Peter was? If anybody 
can be described as being headstrong. Think about Peter. This is what makes this message so profound to me. What Peter says when he talks about being clothed with humility. This man know what he's talking about because he hadn't always been there. I said he ain't always been there. If you ever talk to somebody who struggled being clothed with humility, but they grew, that person can turn around and tell you the blessing of authority. They can tell you the blessing of listening to somebody, watch this, who know what they're talking about and putting wisdom into action. Yes, they can. They can tell you about how things went from one level to another level when they humbled themselves. Come on, stop trying to have all the answers and start saying, hey, show me, teach me. See, because a person who is not humble is not teachable. And when you look at some of us on top surface, we look teachable. Because we'll amen the word. We'll sit quietly while the word is being taught. Yeah, you know, on top surface, you look teachable. But you really don't know if a person is truly teachable until you start looking at their actions. Come on, y'all know that's true. How many parents in here ever had a child? Yes, ma'am, you. If you don't get that room clean, and I mean clean, it's going to be something going off up in here. Yes, ma'am. And they walk straight toward the room, giving you all the indication that they're going right in there and do what they were told to do, even to the point to where you didn't check. Because they went right to the room. Yeah, what they did? Went right in there and laid down. Went right in there and turned TV on, started watching TV. The next morning when you went in, they did not do nothing you told them to do. Woo! Who is he indirectly talking to? Saints. But remember, Peter? Jesus was about to be crucified. He told the disciple what was going to happen. Peter, headstrong. Took Jesus to the side and rebuked him. Tell him, you better be careful. Whenever you try to correct up. You better tell that somebody. Tell him, you better be careful. Anytime you desire... To correct up. Took Jesus to the side, rebuked him. Can I break it down? He rebuked his pastor. Peter felt like he knew more than Jesus. This ain't happening to you. But you know what? Jesus told Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. You know what the word Satan mean? Adversary. You know what Jesus was letting Peter know? Right now, you are an adversary to me. Why? You are not submissive to divine authority. And you remember the story? Peter wasn't even in the place he needed to be, but he was trying to tell Jesus something. 
You remember what Jesus went on and told Peter? said, look, before the cock crow, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, not me. He said, Lord, not only am I willing to go with you, but I'm willing to die with you. But see, Peter was going through something where he needed to humble himself. And exactly what Jesus said was going to happen, happened to Peter. And he failed hard. You hear me? He failed hard. But what I love about Peter is that he knew how to get up. He knew how to learn from that situation. Come on, y'all better give Brother Peter a hand. He didn't stay down. He didn't let one moment define who he was going to be. I said, you cannot allow a failure to define who you are. Yeah, you fail, but what's you going to do about it? What are you going to learn? You better shout to somebody. Everybody in here has had their failures. I need to preach that there ain't nobody in here flawless. But when you fail, when you are showed up, what do you do? How do you respond? Do you learn from that moment? Or do you get up still being high-minded? Peter learned. I said, Peter learned. You know how we knew he learned? When Jesus rose from the dead, he told the disciple, go tell my disciple. I'll meet him in such and such a place. Tell my disciple and Peter. Get Peter. Why did Jesus know you can get Peter? He done learned from his situation. Oh, I'm teaching right. I said, I'm teaching right. The only difference between me and some of you is that I learned from my situation. It ain't that I've never messed myself up. It ain't that I've never thought too much of myself, thought too much of my own opinion. But when I fail, I knew I had to learn from it. If I was ever going to be over people, I had to learn from. Oh, God, I said I had to work on me, work on humbling myself. Don't you fight authority, authority that'll bless you. And you know what ended up happening to Peter when he started to grow on the day of Pentecost? You know who preached the message? Peter. Of all the people, Peter preached the message that caused thousands to get saved. Guess what his message was? Repent. Now, folk could have either looked at Peter and said, how you going to tell somebody to repent? You denied Jesus. Peter, yeah, but I learned from that. I had to learn. Always quit to share his opinion. No, I had to learn from that. When folk came to arrest Jesus, Peter was so headstrong, he took a sword and cut off a man's ear. Now, how was he going to be a disciple running around trying to chop folk's head off? Come on. God got a way of getting stuff out of us. Now, that's just my opinion. I don't believe Peter was aiming for his ear. I believe that's what he hit by the mercy of God. And, of course, we know Jesus put the man's ear back on, healed him. But I believe Peter was aiming for his neck. 
if somebody took a sword and, and cut your ear off, you're you going to be like, oh, they were just playing. Man, he, Peter was trying to kill somebody. But listen to me. God ordained situations and circumstances in all of our lives to keep us humble. Some of what you're going through right now that you want God to move, that's for your humility. Remember what he told Paul when Paul had the thorn in his flesh? Folk talk about Paul praying three times for it to be removed, but they don't remember why it was given. Come on. Paul said, lest I should be exalted above measure. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. Then he said again, lest I be exalted above measure. God gave him that to keep him humble. Woo! What is God allowing in your life to keep you humble? What's happening on that job to just make sure that, that you don't exalt yourself too much? What, what's going on in your life that God is saying, I have ordained this because I don't want you to get the big head. Because God know about some of us. If he let too much just, just happen all at once, ain't nobody going to be able to tell you. <laughs> Am I right about that? Have y'all ever considered it? I know some of y'all just looking. I know there are things God has allowed to happen in my life. But I can be honest with y'all. Y'all ain't necessarily got to tell nobody. But listen. There are things God has not allowed to happen that has kept me humble. Look at somebody and say, stay down. Stay down. Look at somebody else and tell them, stay down. stay down. Notice, when we talk about being submissive, go back to First Peter. I'm almost in the close. Go back to First Peter. Yeah, I got to hear them close. First Peter, Lord have mercy. Jesus, 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 help us, Lord, help us, help us even the more. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. Yes, all of you be submissive one to what? Another. Tell your neighbor, everybody, everybody. Needs, needs to be submissive. Tell your neighbor, being submissive, being submissive. is being subject. To authority. And see, when you're subject to authority, hear me, that means you know how to yield to self. And do what it is that the Lord will have for you to do. Whatever he, way he wants you to go, that's the way you go. Why? you submissive to authority. You know how to yield to self or what you want to do. You with me? Now, let's notice the power of submission. Notice James. Let's notice the power of, of submission. We're bringing it in. Submissive, being submissive also is having the ability to subdue self. You can bring yourself under, under control. You can be submissive to authority. Let's notice the power of it. Notice the book of James. 
We are rolling. Let's, let's notice the book of James. No, notice the power of being submissive. You say, Pastor, there's power in being submissive? Yes. Check it out. James 4, verse number 7. Are y'all there? I forgot to do the Bible check. Lord have mercy. James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to who? Submit to who? Submit to who? That's divine authority. Resist who? And he will what? He will what? Tell your neighbor, when you learn how to be submissive, you can defeat the devil. I said you can defeat devils. You can defeat demons. But you first have to submit to who? And listen to me. We can't get this out of order. You can't resist the devil until you learn to submit to God. That's when he said submit to God. Then what? Resist the devil. See, when we learn to be submissive to divine authority, you better listen to me. Whatever the enemy throws at you, it won't work. It won't work because you have learned how to submit yourself under divine authority. This is a powerful teaching right here. And a lot of folk don't get it. Therefore, submit to God. Resist. Pastor, why am I not able to resist the devil? Because you ain't submitted to God. And there are folks in here, when it comes to what the devil is trying to do in your life, and I mean demons, they're winning over you. They're prevailing over you because you're not submitted to God the way that you need to. To get the victory, listen, that God wants you to have. Pastor, why the same thing keep defeating me? You're not submissive to God. Come on. No way a person going to be submitted to God dealing with generational curses. No. Because he says submit to God, resist who? Resist who? And what the devil going to do? What are you going to do? Tell your neighbor, when you submitted under divine authority, you have power over the enemy. Are y'all getting this? Because I'm trying to close it. I got power over what demons want to do in my life, not because of who I am, but because of who I'm submitted to. And when you think about the pastoral office, as being an office of divine authority, then that also means if you come to church, listen to what God gives me, put it into action, things that try to bother you, you're going to have to leave you alone. I said things that try to bother you, you're going to have to leave you alone. Now, y'all can sit up and act like you're getting the victory, but some of us, we're not getting the victory in certain areas, and God is telling you why. Now listen, what I'm about to say is bigger than anybody in this room, okay? So don't leave with your feelings hurt. Because there are folk watching online as well. You can tell some folks are not submitted to divine authority because they jump too many places. We've never been in a time in the church to where you have church hoppers the way we do right now. If they don't like something over here, they just jump over there. And eventually they ain't going to like something over there. So then they're going to jump over there. And tell you, they've been all that jumping. There is no growth taking place 
and the enemy is winning. I break it down even to the ground. Father, show me a husband and a wife who cannot be submissive to one another. And I'm going to show you a house that demons are destroying. Or they're having their way in that house. But when that man becomes submissive under authority and that woman submit to each other as unto the Lord. Stuff going to attack that house, but it will not prevail. The devil going to show up, but he got to get out of here. Why? We submitted to God. We're not perfect, but we submitted to God. This church is still standing through all that we've been through because we submitted to God. We're falling under God's authority. As long as I'm the pastor and I do it God's way and I have some leaders behind me who are willing to do it God's way, you better tell somebody it don't matter what the enemy come with. He may come in one way, but he going to flee several ways. Why? Because he going to get hit. And some of you, you're not able to hit what's hitting you because you're not under authority. Now you can get mad because I don't care. Because everybody got to fall under authority. Look at Ephesians 4. You show me a man that ain't under divine authority. And I'll show you a man ain't got no business telling no woman or children what they should and should not do. And men are quick to tell women, well, you didn't need to submit to me. But you need to go back and study that scripture a little bit more. Because God was talking about a man who was submitted to him. Now, if a woman don't want to submit to a godly man, something wrong with her, not me. Look what the Bible says. Oh, we got to get out of here, Pastor. You better hear up. Ephesians 4 and verse 27. Look, look what the scripture says. Nor give place to who? To who? Nor give place or space to who? The accuser of the brethren, the slanderer. He said, give him no space. Give him no place. Can I say it like the old folk? Don't give him nothing to work with. But when you are not submitted to divine authority, you are giving the enemy a whole lot of room to work in your life. Show me a child that's bucking godly parents, and I'm going to show you a child that's going to have it hard. Come on. We get that, right? You looking at a child that's headed down. Am I right? Well, what about you bucking a godly pastor? Back in 1 Peter 5, 6. Let's get ready in. I know the word right. I know the word right. And listen, before you get mad now. The word is it's coming to me too. It's not just to you. Notice what he said in the latter clause. 
God resists the what? Latter clause of verse 5, 1 Peter 5 and 5, the latter clause. God resists who? God resists who? But give grace to who? As long as a person is being prideful, listen to me. Bucking divine authority, God going to resist that person. Can I break that down? That means God is going to fight against that person. Why? Because God hates pride. Are you with me? God resists the who? The proud. God resists who? The proud. I don't want God fighting against me. I don't want to have it in me to accomplish something but God fighting against me. I don't want to be over here needing for God to desperately move for me but knowing that it ain't going to happen because it's God who fighting against me because he hates Do you see how dangerous it is not to humble yourself? Huh? You can be 80 years old, but you still have to come under divine authority and do what? Submit yourself. Yield. I said yield. Come in for a minute, dig here. I just want you to go whatever way I turn you. And you say, why in the world that grown man let that man put him in that corner like that? Listen, he yielded himself. But listen, because this ain't no joke. If that's what God got him, you can laugh at him, but God going to bless him right there. I said God going to bless him right there. He don't have to leave this spot. If that's what God wanted him to be planted, come here, Deacon Johnson. Then because he yielded himself, now go over there and bless him. Just act like you put something in your pocket and leave. Just go over there and bless it. All right, now go on and leave. You done done what you need to do. Brother Bo, just come on up here and bless it. He ain't got to go nowhere. Oh, I'm teaching right. He ain't got The blessing's going to overtake him. The blessing's going to find him. Come here, brother Dan. You're going to be a blessing to him. Huh? Come on, senior minister. I'm going to be a blessing to him. Some of y'all ain't getting this. Come on, minister, right? Line on up. Be a blessing to him. Come on, brother Harden. Line up. Be a blessing to him. Come on, minister Shamart. Come on here, sister Pam. Come on here, mother Cotton. Y'all got to come soon as I call you. 
Come on here, first lady. Come on there, brother Bo. Come on back up there again. God don't call. Come on, Deacon John. Come on back up here. Bless him again. See, you just going to have a line of folk just being good to you. People just blessing you. Look out of church getting excited because we want this, right? We want this, right? This is what we pray for. This is why we fast, right? Let's start it all back over. Come on, Deacon Hill. Come on back over here. Come on. This is what you do when you resist the thought. Only thing God trying to do is get you over here. Provision is over here. But see, he can fight me. But see, you got to remember when you're dealing with God, God is a gentleman. God don't force himself on nobody. He want him to turn, but he ain't going to make it. And see what end up happening is because God released the blessing, the word can't return void. Y'all, be, I'm teaching. Once he sent it, it can't return void. What's going to happen? Because he won't turn. Get up here, Deacon Johnson. Turn this way just by side by him. Now, he won't turn, right? right. But look at him. Just yield. Yeah. 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 Come on over here and bless him, Brother Daniel. Come on here and bless him, Mother Cochran. Come on, bless him, Brother Bo. See, we're starting this thing all right, all back over. Going to be a blessing to him. You better listen to me. What God meant for him. Because he kept resisting divine authority. The word was sent. He didn't yield himself. Now God going to take that same word. This reading the parable tells you the one that had one buried, didn't yield, got that took. The one that had five, God added what? Five more. And this is the reason it's sad. This is the reason in the church you see some folk with an overflow of blessing and you see other people just as faithful to come to church, but it's like they drying up. It's God... Got favorites? No. Somebody is yielding to a divine authority and somebody is resisting. But watch our God to fix this thing up. But tell you, never, you know our God. That he got more than enough. And see, if he humble himself. He going to pour it out on both of them. He going to pour it out on every family. Y'all good? Proverbs 15 and we done. Grab it real quick, we done. Grab it real quick, we done. That's all it is. He going to resist the proud, but he going to give grace to who? The humble. Remember what he told Paul when he gave Paul that, that thorn to humble him? 
Paul saw him. He wouldn't remove it. But what was the word that he told him? My grace. Y'all better come on. My grace is what? My grace is what? What did he say in 1 Peter 5 and 6? He resists the proud, but he gave grace to who? Tell your neighbor, when you humble yourself, God's grace is enough to do in your life whatever needs to be done. Proverbs 15, and then we're done. We're we done, for real done. Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. I didn't have in mind doing those things, but, but sometimes when we see something, it just becomes so much clearer. Proverbs 15, 33. Let's see who can catch this. Proverbs 15, 33. Notice what the scripture said. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. This is what I want you to see. And before honor, before honor is what? Before honor is what? Tell you that this divine honor. Tell you that before God can honor you, before he can bless you, you have to have humility. Listen to what he said. Before honor. Before honor is what? Humility. So before God can bestow on me divine honor, I have to walk in humility. I have to be clothed in humility. Humble yourself. I'm done. Let's give him a praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.